as you may have realized when you entered the church this morning and received your bulletin, this is one of our two annual Youth Sundays. The youth of the church are serving as ushers and lectors. They will lead us in the prayers and help us in the distribution of communion. <clears throat> One of them often preaches for this occasion. As it turns out, no one was available and the responsibility has fallen to me. <clears throat> As I thought about it, I said, this gives me an opportunity to look at the gospel and to see if there are any life lessons in it, the kind of life lessons I tried to share with our children as they were growing up. And fortunately, I found plenty to share. Now, almost everybody I know, <clears throat> whether they believe Jesus is the Son of God or a great prophet, or simply a human teacher, <clears throat> admires how quick he was on his feet. When asked to illustrate one of his teaching, he almost always came up with a brilliant story or parable. When challenged by his opponents, as he was in today's gospel on the Temple Mount, he had quick answers, and often zingers of one-liners, as in, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, and under God what is God's. I've always admired that. I'm a little ashamed to say I've always wanted to be the person with those quick zingers and wanted to be seen from time to time as the smartest person in the room. But Jesus really had that down pat. And today's gospel is a perfect example. His enemies tried to entrap him. If he said, you should pay the tax to Caesar, the Jewish crowds who were following him and loved him might abandon him because he was supporting the evil oppressor. If he said, don't pay the taxes, he might well be arrested for sedition and inciting a riot. What was he going to do? Well, he had that quick answer. They even sent his enemies away amazed. Now, <clears throat> what I need to tell you is that he was even quicker and smarter in this example than you realized. The Roman coin had a picture of the emperor on it and said, the emperor is God. So the super pious Pharisees had passed a regulation that nobody 
should take these coins anywhere near the temple. And they were challenging Jesus in the temple. So when he said, bring me one of these coins, without thinking one of the Pharisees reached into his pouch and pulled out the coin. Gotcha! Always wanted to be that fast. I had a friend in seminary, Molly Bidwell, who was that fast. She was uh, going home for spring break. She lived in the Carolinas. And on the way there, she saw a young man hitchhiking by the side of the road. This was back in those days when we used to pick up hitchhikers. And Molly offered the young man a ride. As soon as he got into the car, he realized that Molly was smoking. He was a student at Bob Jones University, a place where they teach the rigors of American Christian fundamentalism. So he started lecturing her about the evils of smoking, how it wasn't good for her health. When that did not deter her, he started quoting Bible verses to her and eventually pulled out the winner. If God had meant you to smoke, he would have put a chimney in the back of your head. Molly pulled over to the side of the road, brought the car to a stop and said, and if God had meant you to ride in a car, he would have put a wheel on your behind. (laughs) Get out and walk. (laughs) Always wanted to be quick like that. But it turns out I'm not. I was once at a finance committee meeting in one of the parishes I served. And we were in the midst of a capital campaign and I had urged the vestry to spend 10% of the funds raised on a capital funds project somewhere in the third world. The vestry had debated it and decided not to do so. The members of the finance committee thought the vestry was wrong. And so at this meeting, they plotted ways to get around the West vestry's intention. And being a member of the vestry, I saw it as my responsibility to tell them they couldn't do that because the vestry had voted. After the meeting, the chair of that committee attacked me. You hypocrite, you're not standing up for your principles. Why should anybody follow you as a pastor? I just wanted to cut her off at the knees with a quick zinger and point out her duplicity. But I was so amazed that this woman that I honored was acting so poorly. I couldn't think straight at all, couldn't think of anything to say. And so when she was done, we parted ways, and I was always ashamed of how I had fallen short. 
when I left that parish, they had a banquet, a dinner to say goodbye, and she asked to speak. And she told people about that instance. And she said, he could have cut me off at the knees because I was being stupid and I was wrong. But instead, he listened. And I realized he valued relationships more than a quick zinger. And I realized relationships are more important than always being right. And I could trust him to do risky things. We want to be the smartest person in the room and have that zinger but relationships are so much more important and developing trust so much more valuable. I learned a second lesson around that as well. As most of you know, I love to preach without notes and just walking around. Well, in the next parish I served, there was one Sunday that I was preaching and walking around, and I got about a third of the way through the sermon and couldn't figure out what to say next. And there I was, and I just apologized and went and found my notes, saw what I intended to say, and then said it. When I left that parish, one of my associates said, you know, I've learned a lot from you, but the most important lesson was when you lost your place and apologized and found your place and you didn't run away ashamed. And by that, which I'm sure you, Ted, saw as a failure, you taught us that it's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. We can learn from those. And it makes us more comfortable in working together because we all make mistakes. Another instant where I thought I had fallen short and actually taught more than when I had the quick retort or word. Now, before I sit down, I do want to say a word or two about what Jesus said in this gospel. Render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. I started hearing sermons about that passage long before I got to seminary. And when I got to seminary, I heard plenty of professors pontificate about what it meant. Some of them said it means that there are two realms, a secular realm and a sacred realm, and they are different. Church and state should be divided. The state needs to only care about its own citizens. 
as the corporation needs to only care about its stockholders. An individual Christian, on the other hand, needs also to care for their neighbors in an equal way. Of course, the other argument is, it ends by saying, render under things that are God unto God. And what isn't God's? What I find particularly fascinating is Jesus was not clear about what he meant. And he never went back to clarify it. Or did St. Paul, Jesus and God, trust, trusts us to work that one out ourselves. So my point in terms of talking about this as life advice is that often in life you will come to a circumstance with competing rights and wrongs, competing values. Most of our decisions in life are not between a good here and a bad here, wouldn't it be nice if it was so, but between two goods or two bads. Now sometimes you just need to decide quickly and then live with the consequence. So if you have to do that, look at the consequence. If it worked out well for you, what can you learn? If it didn't work out well, okay, what can you learn from that? But most of the time, you don't have to decide like that. When you've got the time, don't try to do it alone. Remember what Scripture has to teach us. Remember what Jesus has to teach us. Ask your parents. Ask your friends. Ask your teachers. Ask the other members of your congregation. Don't try to do it alone. You know, the research says that even the experts only get it right between 30 and 40% of the time. You do much better in dialogue. The best leaders, they say, only get it right 51 or 52% of the time. Personally, I try to shoot for 54%. Being a good son, being a good daughter, being a good parent, don't try to shoot for 98%. It's a nice target in a test. 
But if you insist on 98%, you're going to be sad and angry, and nobody will want to be about you. Only God gets it right all the time. Remember each other and don't be ashamed to ask for help. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.